Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's A Disciples Tidbit. So what I want to talk to you for about a few minutes today is the eclectic of belief within the church. And what I mean by that is there we all obviously have the core fundamental things is that Jesus died for our sins. He rose from the dead. And by believing in him, we can have eternal life. Right. And we turn away from our old life of sin and whatnot, and we become part of this new family called the church. It is the Greek word ecclesia, and it means called out ones. It is people who are called out from the world, who are called into this peculiar faith that is in Jesus Christ, and we become part of this peculiar people called the church, right? Peculiar because, yes, we are unlike the world. We don't do the things the world does. We don't join in everything that the world does. When I first became a believer in Jesus Christ, a lot of people were like surprised that I wouldn't go do this or that or anything else. As a matter of fact, part of my personal testimony is, is that I was slated to try LSD with a, a friend of mine, probably within a week of having come to Christ. And I said, no, I don't want to do that anymore because I want to honor God with my body and I don't want to get intoxicated on something. I want to, you know, give my life and my heart and my body to the spirit of God, not necessarily to some substance. Okay. So all that being said, one thing that probably if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm very prolific on Twitter. I think it's probably of all the social media platforms, it is probably so far the best one to be able to interact with folks. It's where a lot of people are. It is a great way in some ways in this internet-based ministry to be able to share the gospel with them, to share ideas about what the Christian faith is all about and whatnot. But one thing I have learned about what I call Christian Twitter is that there is a lot of kind of strange beliefs out there. We're already a peculiar people, and a lot of people do believe in very peculiar things. However, if it's one thing that we should do is that basically based on one of the teachings in Romans, uh, I believe it's chapter 15, is, or I'm sorry, it's rather uh, Romans chapter 14, in all things that are essentials, we remain united. On non-essentials, we give liberty. So in other words, it is this concept and idea that so long as we're holding to the core essential doctrines, is Jesus God? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and made his dwelling among us. Um, for it is by grace you've been saved, through faith in this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can foes. For, for if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, then you shall be saved. It is not by works that you're saved. You're saved by faith alone. And then God then does a transformative work within you unto good works. It's not that you're to sit on your hands and to sit on this thing called eternal life. You're to go out and work with it. But we are not saved by the works that we do. These are the core fundamental things that Christians believe. There are the, probably the best example that I can think of is the rapture of the church. That is a concept that Jesus will descend based on the scriptures in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5. And also in 2 Thessalonians 2, also John 14, verses 1 through 3, also Revelation 3, verse 10, where some Christians believe, about a third of Christians today believe, that this will take place before the tribulation that I talked about on Monday, right? Others believe that it's going to be after the tribulation. That's a lower percentage, but it's still a percentage. And 25% just have no idea whatsoever if there's a rapture, are very confused about it all. So one thing that I want to just stress here, whenever Jesus was going through his agony right before he was to be crucified, obviously in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
where he had his uh, right after he had his feast with his disciples, right? That we um, um, basically celebrate as the Lord's Supper. In John 17, verses 21 through 23, Jesus is praying that they may be one as you, Father, and me are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. And the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. As a matter of fact, that is the earmark of Jesus's disciples, that we would love each other and that we would give each other grace just as God gives us grace. And the thing of it is, is that we need to remember not only for the sake of the relationship within the church, but the witness to the world. We are not to quibble about secondary or, as I say, non-essential issues. If you want to believe that the rapture is after the, the tribulation and that the church goes through it, I think you're absolutely wrong, but I'm not going to debate you on it because it's not profitable. It is not going to result in much of anything good. We're just going to argue. It's going to leave bad feelings. And not only that, if we're doing it on Twitter, we're doing it for the whole world to see. And like I spent the first 20 years of my life without Christ. And I often referred to the hypocrisy of Christians as a good reason why I didn't believe in them. Of course, I was actually 20 years of age. So basically for the first 10 to 12 years of my uh, life that I can recall. Obviously, you know, when you're born up until a certain age, you don't really remember a whole lot. Regardless, I pointed to the hypocrisy of Christians as to why I did not want to become one. Okay. I wanted to just have fun, live my life and not have to do this Jesus thing that I was being bugged about so much. But I think that's the takeaway from uh, the tidbit today is that we just really need to remember as a church that it's not only for the sake of our relationship with each other, but it's for the sake of the world. Let's also remember we're on display to the angels, okay? The church is a showcase to the angels that is just marvelous to them because they did not experience grace. When there was rebellion, there was judgment, and that was it. There was no grace whatsoever, and in my opinion, that is why the devil hates human beings so much is because God had grace and mercy upon them slash us because there was none for him and there is for us and we are lesser than the angels. Okay. So remember all of that the next time you want to get into your internet based argument or just arguing about secondary issues. It's one thing if you're going to argue about Jesus is the only way. That's another core teaching, obviously. But if you want to talk about the rapture or any other secondary issue that you can think of, or if you should observe the Sabbath or not, et cetera, et cetera, then I want you to consider that whenever you want to engage in said argument. At this point in the podcast, I want to reach out to you. And if you have never done so, if you have never entered into a saving relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. All you need to do is believe. Believe that Jesus was who he said he was. He was God in the flesh. Believe in your heart that he died for your sins and rose from the dead. Confess him as Lord. And the Bible says that you will be saved if you do that. 
if you truly believe in your heart that Jesus is who he said he was and that he did exactly what he said he would do for you, you will be saved. It is simply that easy. A lot of people say prayer, prayer. And that's great to confess and put your mind and your heart and everything through a process, if you will, to be able to embody what's already taken place in your heart. By simply saying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. And now I confess you as Lord. Please take control of my life. And I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. That's all you need to do. And your life will change. Your life will change, not necessarily materially, not necessarily in terms of the world, but your life will change as far as your relationship with God. And you can know for certain that you're saved. The apostle John wrote that when he was pinning first John, he says, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you can hope, not that you can wonder, but that you can know. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason, I have the links for the social networks that I am connected on in my bio for this podcast. I'm also available at Gmail at DisciplePOV, that's D-I-S-C-I-P-L-E-P-O-V at gmail.com. If you have anything that you would like to convey to me, such as something you agree with, something you don't, or anything else, or if you did receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, I'd love to hear from you today and to assist you on your new eternal journey.